Welcome to the Watermark Students Podcast, a podcast for students featuring students where we discuss the everyday issues of teenage life from a Christian perspective. For more information on Watermark Students, check out watermark.org slash students, and we hope that this episode is helpful to you. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Watermark Students Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will McElroy, and today I'm joined with Jermaine Harrison. Hey, is this the last episode of the season? I have no idea. I think we have one more. Oh. We're going to try to squeeze one more. <laughs> Let's um, go. But who knows? Who knows what could happen? This could be the last one. Treat it like it's the last one ever. Yeah, of the season. <laughs> of the season. Yeah. There will be more in the future. <laughs> but and then Hannah Spence is with us as always. Hey. And our student guest today is Meryl Pollard. Meryl, will you tell us a little about what school do you go to? What grade are you in? What are you doing next after high school? Yeah, I would love to. Um, I'm a senior at Richardson High School, and I will be attending University of Arkansas in the fall. Come on. Woo pig suey. Which what does that even mean? <laughs> that should have been thing to say. That's actually a great transition to our icebreaker question, which has been common sayings that make no common sense. Are we we mentioned phrases that are commonly said throughout our culture. When you stop to think about it, you're like, I don't even know what that means or where it came from. Which we should have done woo pig suey. <laughs> I, what does that mean, real? And five, no you actually have no idea. So I don't think any of us would know what woo pig suey is. But Okay, well, that, that's not our common saying that makes no common sense. The one that I chose today, this this is one that all of us know what it means, and it's uh, it's really, you know, makes sense for right now. You may notice I'm a little stuffy. Um, I'm not feeling that great. Got some allergies. Jermaine is in the same boat, and he's been coughing and hacking all day. <laughs> and you would look at us and be like, man, they are under the weather, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all know what that means, right? Yeah. yeah. You're under the weather. That just means you're sick. And the weather's so, over you. The weather's over <laughs> you. Like you're just, you're not feeling great. But do you know where that came from? The origin of your, what is under the weather? Where did that originate? <laughs> I have no idea, but I do have a guess. <laughs> Let's, hear Let's hear it. I feel like being under the weather, like communicates, you know, like when it's rainy or stormy, it's dark, it's gloomy. It's definitely more of a sad environment than mm. a, like a nice spring, sunshiny day. So I think under the weather is communicating how you feel when you're sick. Yeah. Metaphorically. Is that right? That does seem to make sense. But yeah. no, that's I don't think that's right. I, <laughs> Hannah? Uh, I mean, I Meryl? understand the context when people use it. And like if you're feeling under the weather, yeah. you're not feeling good. But I'm like, weather is like a general statement of like, it could be good. It could be mm-hmm. bad. So why does it mean that we're... Yeah, why you know? does it mean you're under the weather? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's what I heard. And I heard this on TikTok. What? Uh, <laughs> our source so, is TikTok. <laughs> our source is TikTok. <laughs> but seemed like this lady seemed like she knew what she was talking about. But pirates back in the day... Oh, my God. This is fake. <laughs> this is cab. Pirates, news. their boats weren't really big enough for everyone to be able to be below deck. And so really, like, all at all times... Pretty much everyone had to be above deck. Like you would sleep like on the outside of the boat, you right. know, on, on the deck, I guess <laughs> is what it is. And the only people that could go below deck were those who were sick and like really needed the rest. And so when they went down there, they were under the weather because they weren't like exposed, exposed to, to the, the sun or what everyone who was healthy was outside all the time on top of the boat and all the people <laughs> all the other people were under it they were under the weather wow huh. that so, make sense. 
I feel like that applies to more than just pirates. Like when you started with pirates, I was like, what? I feel like it's just any hey. ship, like any merchant ship or anything like that from the early whatever. This this lady specifically called out pirates. Pirates win. And I trust TikTok. All right? <laughs> but okay. can do no wrong. Reliable yeah. source. Man. Well, anyways, hard transition to our topic today is uh, we're going to talk. Uh, the title of this podcast will be is venting a sin is venting a sin. And so, um, man, this is a a topic that I've been thinking of uh, for a while and I'm excited Meryl's on here to talk about it with us just because I think from my life looking back to when I was a teenager to even to now or just you know being a youth pastor and seeing teenagers and even just adults do this is I think everyone would agree even people who are not Christians would agree that complaining is a sin you know Philippians 2 14 says do nothing uh, with grumbling or complaining and so I think that is something we all see as sin but then we exchange words such as venting or processing uh to pretty much end up doing the same thing which we'll talk about in a second but uh so we're going to explore that. Is like, is that is venting a sin? Is venting a sin? Is it the same? Like, what is venting? I think that's where we'll start, Meryl. It's just what is venting, and then we'll explore. Is is it sinful to vent? Okay. Um, I define venting as the want to let inner discontentment and specifically confusion out, just as a source to like try to better understand what is happening to you. Yeah. Can you say that definition one more time? What is venting? The want to let inner discontentment and confusion out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Inner inner discontentment to express it, to let it out. So it's like literally like an air vent, like letting it all yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. Good origination, right? Those are the <laughs> common phrases that make common sense. Venting. I got you. I got you. Which Jermaine, as you're in your experiences, how long have you been a youth pastor for ten years, yeah. twelve years? Yeah. Do you feel like that is I mean is I know you mentioned when we were talking about this of just a Venn diagram of of words that kind yeah. of mean the same thing. Like, what are some of the words that yeah are synonyms? The, the words that come to my mind as we were, you know, prepping for this podcast were complaining, venting, and processing. And you know, you can nuance them and and say that they, you know, mean a certain thing. Like when someone says they're processing, like you imagine them like go into close friends to seek advice on a situation, and they're you know, seeking godly counsel. When someone's complaining, you know, you 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 kind of picture someone who's angry or who's annoyed and they're pointing the finger metaphorically at someone else for something that's happened. And when someone's venting, you you picture someone like in a room just like, you know, yelling or just letting all of the emotions out through their words. And so you can kind of feel like they're very different. But I think that at the at the heart of it what makes them very similar or can make them similar is the the heart posture like why am i um bringing up this conversation whether whatever i call it complaining processing venting what's the purpose behind bringing this up is the purpose be because i really want to get to a solution or i really want to seek advice or is the purpose i want someone else to feel um bad with me or do I want someone to agree with me in my um, my choice or my opinion on this matter? So I really think the motivation is is very very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely definitely agree. And and that kind of brings us to the next question of like when is when is venting sinful? Because as Jermaine talked about, motivation matters a lot. And so Meryl, when when is venting a sin? 
Um, yeah. So I consider venting a sin when it's like centered around selfishness, your world and like just a worldview of self and uh, based off anger and just wanting validation. So there's a difference from going to someone who is a non-believer to vent than going to a believer to like process. Like when you go to a non-believer, you're trying to find validation and trying just to hear like, oh yeah, he shouldn't have done that. Or like, yeah, you're in the right here. And just trying to hear anything that's going to make you feel better. But when you go to a believer, they're going to convict you and they're going to point you back to the Lord, which I think is something we often want to avoid because conviction does not feel good. It's not a pleasant feeling, but like that's what the Lord wants. He wants us to be convicted and turn away from our sins rather than just being validated for our sins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you're making that distinction between going to a Christian and a non-Christian because a non-Christian has a different worldview or a different mm -hmm. set of values. And so if you're a Christian, you know, teenager um, and you're going to, you know, you kind of have an idea of how that person's going to respond, even if they are a Christian and you know, like their personality or their wiring, you know, hey, I'm going to go to that fiery friend because I know they're going to be on my side and be like, yeah, I can't believe they said that or they did that. And you know the person that if you go to them, they're going to seek to dis diffuse the situation and ask you pointed questions that will challenge you. And, you know, in your heart of hearts. What I want right now, if I'm being honest, is not to be challenged or to be inspired to run towards the Lord. I want to feel good in my uh, pain or anger or frustration is, mm -hmm. is what I heard you say. too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think even there, it's like I wouldn't even it, it definitely matters who you're sharing things with. And to an extent, too, where I think. I think distinguishing like your people who are believers or like-minded with you are is important. But even then, even with that, there are some believers, people who I love and trust who I, I don't share every little thing with, mm -hmm. right? Because they may not be, there's a phrase that gets said around watermark a lot that if you're not a part of the problem, you're not a part of the solution. And the heart behind that is, uh, that there may be, let's say me and Jermaine got in conflict for some reason, it wouldn't necessarily make sense for me to go just to some random friend who I trust and just start spilling all that out and then asking them like, what would you do? Because, you know, they don't, they don't need to be involved with that. And that's not really like hiding information. You know, that's not trying to conceal information, but that's just trying to protect a relationship that I have with a coworker and a friend and saying, Hey, and so even within that, just just I think the the caution sign is like just because someone's a Christian, yeah. uh, just because someone's like minded doesn't mean you just automatically like should be spilling out your life to them. Like, I think definitely everyone should have a few trusted friends that they can share confidently with and friends that they know that will point them back to God's word. But my caution is, is, you know. Don't don't feel like you need to widen the circle to anyone that will listen to you because that's when people can get hurt and when yeah. friendships can break. Would you all agree with yeah. that yeah, or yeah. add to that? Um, I think it's definitely important to guard against gossip and like, yeah. who you're processing with. Um, like you don't want to hurt someone else's like view of a person or just their reputation in general. So like that's when it's important to like discern like, hey, should I process this with another person? Like, am I doing that to just a process or am I doing that? to vent and complain and be validated again. Cause even Christians can fall guilty to just validation. So there's also moments where it's important just to turn the Lord for the peace of that 
and to process with the Lord because like he wants to hear our complaints mm-hmm. and he will point us in the right direction. And then from that, from processing, processing with the Lord, then go directly to the person where there's hurt with just to best serve your relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When, when I hear what Meryl just said and what Will shared, I think it's easy for us to overcomplicate a process. Like in, in that example, you know, let's say I offended you, Will, with what I said or whatever I did. And you go before the Lord and like you're, you know, bringing this to the Lord. Lord, I was hurt by this, you know, and it was really hard in that relationship. Um, you know, give me wisdom as to what to do next. And really, we already have the wisdom of what to do next. Like the Bible, scripture literally tells you, you know, if you have, you know, if you have, um, you know, some, a brother who's offended you, you should go to that brother. And we complicate it by going to some random friend or even some trusted friend and go, man, what should I do? And it's like, you should go talk to him and say you were really hurt and, 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 and work it out with them versus bringing in not that you you shouldn't seek counsel but like you could go you could have gone to a friend and gone hey i know what i need to do i just need some advice on how i should do it. i think that that's different from like going to them and just saying can you believe this is what jermaine did mm-hmm. or said so i totally get what you're saying yeah. and i think meryl's point was was a really helpful one of like if initially going to the lord and asking him for guidance and seeking comfort from him versus going to someone else to, to seek comfort and validation and for them to be on your side. Yeah. I think that's so good. I think a very simple way to think about it is being mindful of our heart's intent in a tough circumstance and learning how to go to the Lord and loop in trusted community to process that um, with an end goal in mind of like surrender to the Lord, how to address that circumstance or that conversation in a way that honors and glorifies the Lord versus glorifying ourselves by receiving that affirmation because it can easily be like, hey, misery loves company. So just hop in this and tell me I'm right in my frustration where it should be like, hey, help me see this through the lens the Lord would and help me take my own thoughts captive and redirect that um, and make them obedient to Christ would be a good, easy way to like figure out is my venting sinful? Is my intent not sinful? Or is this me truly venting and processing? the hard in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just to summarize that and then Meryl, I want to hear more about your personal experience and how you've kind of learned to do this, but summarizing is venting is venting a sin. I think the answer was it could be, Yeah, it could be considered sin the same way that complaining or gossip or uh, any of those synonyms could be a sin where, and I think good questions to ask is, is this sinful? Like, is what I'm doing sinful? I think you should ask questions such as, Am I doing this to self-glorify myself? Am I doing this just to hear my own thoughts? Am I doing this to kind of rally the troops almost and just make people agree with me and just to hear what I want to hear? I think those are all questions you should ask whenever you are going through something hard and sharing it. But at the same time, it may not be sinful. And I think it may not be sinful if you are truly uh, going to the right people, trusted uh, trusted friends or parents, the right people who need to be involved and need to know and who you're genuinely seeking advice from them and not just seeking what you want to hear, but you're seeking advice from uh, fellow believers who want what's best for you and want 
what's best for all involved in the situation. Would y'all agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's right. Exactly right. Um, so Meryl, back to you. I want uh, you to tell us a little bit about kind of just your experience and just how how you manage and how you've come to a point to to still process, if you will, or to still vent in some ways without it being sinful. Like, how has that actually looked like in your life over the past year? Yeah, for sure. Um, I have gone through a great like amount of suffering, and I feel like suffering is often where complaint and venting stems from. Um, and I'm like, I do not yield that well. Like I am very quick to like, like we were talking about, go to a non-believer and vent and share everything just for that validation rather than turning to my friend who's a Christian, who I know will point me back to the Lord, who is right there next to me. Um, but over this past year, the Lord has just taught me how to yield that better and that he's con he's right there. Like, I feel like I go in a circle and like go to everyone that will point me in the right, wrong direction and then go to the person that point me in the right direction when the Lord is right there in the middle Mm -hmm. I could just right walk straight towards him um and an easy way like to do this for me is just spending the day of constant prayer like Mm -hmm. every complaint that I have instead of like just letting it burst out having self-control and bringing that to the Lord instead and then I was telling Hannah earlier I also sometimes just like sing like if I'm alone or just like running through a song in my head um like gratitude by Brandon Lake like um I know it's not much, but I have nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah. Because even when everything in the world feels like it's against us and like we feel like we have nothing, we can still turn to the Lord of our praise and turn to him with a hallelujah because he has provided everything we do have. And it's just a great way to take it from a sense of self to a sense of praise in that time of suffering. Yeah, that's so good. And a sense of just seeking the Lord as you were sharing that. Um, truly what you described is like your foundation of faith is in the Lord and trusting his sovereign care. And when circumstances around you are telling you otherwise, you're redirecting back to him. Um, and that just makes me think of first Peter four nineteen, where it says, therefore let those who suffer according to God's will and trust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly who he is. He's a faithful, faithful creator. He won't fail. He, um, is overall all things are in dominion to him and he cares a 10. Um, and so we get to keep going back to him in the hard circumstances. And one of his gifts and his kindness is other believers and people to walk alongside. And he encourages us to bear one another's burdens. And so that's a really sweet gift that we get to take advantage of. And we get to share the hard and it's the how we do that. Um, that is really what we have to watch of like, hey, am I doing this? because I just want to sit in my frustration or am I doing this to take steps towards the Lord and his truth and his promise and trust him. And I just need help trusting him right now. And I need reminders from other people, um, is a good way, um, to loop other people in and not do it in a way that's sinful. Yeah. yeah. Sure. As both of you guys were ta- talking, the thought that came to my mind was, um, if you're venting more to other people, then you are bringing something to the Lord in prayer you're missing out. Like, think about it as followers of Jesus. Like, we literally have God, the Holy Spirit, like indwelling us. Um, and he and he he means to give us peace and he means to give us uh, perspective and direction and guidance. And somehow we've short circuited that process and go, you know what? I'm not going to pray about this. I'm not going to like literally James one talks about if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God 
and God will give it to him freely. Like literally, it's a guaranteed answer to prayer. God never says no to a prayer for wisdom. And in those moments where we need wisdom or guidance and direction, it's so easy for us to go um, find some other source that we think is wiser than God. And it's like, there's just not, first of all. And then out of that, we can we can go to other people who also have the Holy Spirit of God in them who can give us reminders from God's truth and give us principles of how we can um, apply um, the truth of God's word and how he would have us live into that particular situation. Mm-hmm. And so if you're out there and you're listening to this and this is something that you wrestle with, man, I would honestly, as gently as I can, challenge you on, man, how much are you bringing that issue or those issues that you're venting to someone else about that you're not bringing to the Lord mm-hmm. first? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. And I, I think it's really to, just to for any high schoolers or anyone listening to this, I think it's important to get this right because it can hurt people, you know, if you, um, if, if you choose to do this poorly. For example, I was at a sporting event. This was a long time ago. I don't even, don't even remember what sport it was, but I was, I was sitting next to a friend and was engaging in what you could call venting or processing or gossip or complaining. Like it was all of those things. Right. And it's just me and my buddy, we're just being friends, you know, doing what friends do. And then all of a sudden the game ends and someone, the person in front of me was a parent and they turned around and I don't remember what they said, but it was very clear that they were upset with me because the person I was venting and complaining and gossiping and processing about was that parent's son. Right. And so it's just, I mean, that's happened to, (laughs) I think that's happened to everyone before where we've all just been like complaining about someone and then you turn around and it's like, Oh, they're right there. (laughs) And, but like that actually happened to me and it was really embarrassing. And I, instead of their son looking like the fool, like I was the fool. Right. And so it is, I think that's kind of the importance of like, of getting this right. And how I learned in that moment, I learned that, Hey, what I was doing, something was not right about that. And I need to change my behavior or it's going to hurt me and hurt others, hurt others who aren't even involved. Like their parents were never involved with the situation. And now this kid's parents are hurt, you know, because they, anyways, I feel like that's a good thing to add to the list of like kind of principles that we've been talking about. Like if you're venting, complaining, what whatever the word processing, whatever word you want to be using, but if you're doing that and if that person that you were processing about was in the room, you'd be embarrassed by what you're saying or how you're saying it or 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 you would act or say it differently, then that's a tell that your your motivations are off in some way. I think that's that was so good, Will. Yeah. Yeah. That's a call. I've, I've used the phrase like the elevator test before. Like if they overheard your conversation and you saw them on an elevator, like would it be awkward or would it be yeah. like just just normal? And, and so anyways, Meryl, this, the word venting, it never appears in the Bible. In fact, I don't even think the word processing would appear in the Bible, uh, but appear in the Bible. But as you look through scripture and as you prepare for this conversation, what are some verses or places in the Bible that you turn to, to support your thoughts on this topic or to challenge your thoughts or to just encourage us with where you turned into God's word when you thought about this question is venting a sin? Yeah. Um, I was actually just like, looking on the Bible up and just 
type in words and I found the verse Proverbs 29 11 says a fool gives full vent to the spirit but a wise man quickly holds quietly holds back and that is just like a very like prime example of that because it's like yes the bible doesn't use venting but it has the word vent and it's like he surrenders to sin and like just gives into his sinly desire but a wise man who's based on the Lord will like quiet his spirit and won't be as quick to complain and turning back to what I was saying earlier, um, in Job, Job 1, right after, this is kind of a spoiler, right after Job loses everything, he loses his children and he loses all his money and his property. He tours his robe off and he shaves his head and he fell on the ground and he worshiped. So it's like a mm-hmm. great example of like, we're using our voice to complain and we're using our mind to like turn into complaint and discontentment when we could be just turning to the Lord and falling onto the ground and praying and praying and worshiping the Lord. Yeah. Those are good verses. Verses that immediately come to my mind are James one nineteen. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, which, you know, could, you could replace slow to speak with slow to vent, slow to complain, mm-hmm. slow to, you know, whatever, um, you know, you, you might put in there or Ephesians four twenty nine. let no unwholesome talk, um, cut off, come out of your mouth, but only what is good for the building up of others. That's another verse that comes to my mind or Colossians um, 4, 6, which talks about letting your speech be always gracious, seasoned with salt. And I don't really know what that means for your speech (laughs) to be seasoned with salt, but I'm sure it means giving it like a preserving or a flavorful, you know, whatever. So those are verses that come to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. For me, and I won't read the entire Psalm, but Psalm 13 comes Mm -hmm. to mind. And this is, I think an example of how to vent well. And specifically, this is a Psalm that King David wrote. And he wrote this when his son Absalom betrayed him and basically started a civil war. And so David, he had a lot to complain about. He had a lot to vent about, but like you, like y'all mentioned earlier, he went straight to the Lord with his complaints and his venting. And this is, this is what he says. He repeats this a couple of times, but he says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? And then he goes on to repeat that uh, three times, basically, where he's just saying, how long, how long? And I mean, he is on the run. He's hiding from his own son and is, is just bringing that to the Lord. And at the end of it, the last two verses, this is what he says. He says, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. And I think that is another good good test to ask yourself when you're venting or complaining and just saying, where is my heart in this? If the situation and circumstance doesn't change, does that change the way I behave? Because specifically when I look at David, I think he is going to the Lord and he is complaining and venting and doing that in a, in an appropriate way. But at the end of the day, what he's saying, he's saying, God, like you've been good to me and your steadfast love is what I'm trusting in. Whether nothing changes or not. And so I think Psalm 13 is a great, whether you're going through a hard time or whether you just need to share with someone, this is a great passage to look through and just to practice yourself, just to pray through it and to to pray to God in a similar way. And and so that's where I would turn. Yeah. I, um, as I think about this, Philippians 4 comes to mind when Paul is talking about how he learned to be content in every situation 
Um, he goes on to say, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, hey, the secret is turning to the Lord and finding my contentment in him. And when I do that, that's going to outflow in every other area. And so in his speech and how he processes things, it's going to the Lord first and finding that contentment because running to a friend and saying it all and just venting and letting it out isn't going to bring contentment, but the Lord will in every circumstance and situation and how he just brings it back to the Lord. Um, And just knowing his life, there was a lot of hard things that he easily could have been like, man, this is just tough and I'm going to sit in that. And yet he was like, I've learned that bringing to the Lord is the source of contentment and that will bring lasting joy and peace. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's awesome. Okay. Love that. So you mean um, Philippians 4.13 has nothing to do with shooting three-pointers? <laughs> Not a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. But okay, last question. And as we close, just think about the, maybe there's a student out there or someone listening who they're going through a hard time and they're just really tempted to turn that circumstance into venting and complaining and gossip. Um, what, what would you say to that student? What would you say to the student that is struggling with, with venting or, and complaining in a way that is not helpful? Um, I would say when you're feeling yourself fall into bitter complaint or venting, just turn to the Lord in quick prayers. Like I am not entitled to insert complaint and further your use in my life in any way you choose. And then like my life is not my own. I turn to you, God. And then I would also say, like, don't shame yourself for the suffering just because you're falling into complaining. Like he, um, John eleven thirty five, the shortest, shortest verse in the Bible says Jesus wept. It's like he will feel, he does feel our pain and he does validate our pain. So it is okay to suffer. He will weep with us. Um, and even if you fall into complaint like that, it's okay. Like he will forgive us. Mm-hmm. That's so good. The thing that I want to say really quickly is like, um, when you're tempted to vent or complain, like think about Jesus and Jesus's trial. I don't know if when the last time you you've read the trial of Jesus before he was crucified, but like you read through that and you and truly you just go, what is going on? Like he is just, you know, falsely accused left and right. And they're just doing everything they can to like get him on a cross, like literally, mm-hmm. um, you know, defying all logic and reason. Mm-hmm. And through the whole thing, like Jesus um, stays silent and he stays dependent on the Lord. And, um, he did that for us. Like that's the gospel. Like he, he, he went through so many things that he could have vented about his innocence and about their sin and brokenness. And Jesus, Jesus literally didn't, you know, vent or complain or anything. Like he went sacrificially to the cross, um, to die and to raise again for our sins. And like his example of, Patience and trust in the Lord is one that we should um, follow. Yeah, I was going to bring that up too. I'm just, yeah, he literally said nothing. Like he, he, the Pontius Pilate was like, please vent to me. Please complain to me. Like, give me your case. That's not exactly what he said, but Jesus had the perfect opportunity to vent. And like you said, he did nothing. Yeah. And so if anything, if anything, if you're tempted to complain and vent and you don't know how to do it right, you could always just say nothing, yeah. you know, and just yeah. talk to the Lord. I'm not necessarily saying to do that. Having trusted friends and parents and small group leaders, whoever it may be, is, is a great resource. But I mean, yeah, I, I think that's awesome thought, Jermaine. But yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the first step should be quick to turn to the Lord in prayer and seek him. And I talked a bit earlier about 
having just a foundation of faith in God's sovereign care. And in any situation, I think we're so quick um, to remove the Lord from it. And we're so caught in the circumstance that we just miss that the God is that God is in it and he cares and he's working a plan. Like right now we don't get to see um, his full purpose in the brokenness, in the pain, but we can trust that he is working in it. And I think a great example of that is even just Mary, when the angel came and was like, Hey, you're going to have a son that had serious implications for her. Um, and would mean that life would be pretty hard for a season as people judge that. And yet her response was, let it be according to your word. And she just trusted the Lord in that. And so in many circumstances, rather than being quick to vent, take it to the Lord and be like, Hey Lord, I know you're working and I know you're sovereign and I know you care. So I'm going to remind myself of your character and your truth. And then if I still need additional reminders, I can widen that circle and let other people in on that. Yeah. Let's go. That's awesome. Well, everyone, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Hopefully Guys, we'll have one more. Thanks for venting about venting. <laughs> yeah. This is awesome. But Meryl, thank you. This was an awesome conversation. And thanks for coming so prepared and super proud of you. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, well, hopefully we'll have one more after this. We'll maybe. See. Guys, so, like and subscribe or yeah. whatever Will says. <laughs> subscribe, leave a review, and we'll see y'all next time. Later.